Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I'm Chip Chantry. Ken, how are you? I'm good. We have, uh, after I don't know how long, we have Kahuna back in the fold. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. How are you, man? What was the last time I was on here? I don't know. It's like we did the episode on your dad and then you just, you hightailed it out of here. Is, you it, were like, is that really how it seems? <laughs> Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. We feel abandoned, dude. Yeah. My uh, schedule's been all over the fucking place, man. They've been putting me to work here. Yeah. And then had some issues with my dog that I had to take care of. She's okay now. but uh, Oh, that's good. So, What kind of dog you got? I got a Sharpay Beagle mix. She's a, nice. She's amazing. Penny. Yeah. She's a she's she's my girl. So I had to make sure she was squared away before I was like full on back here. So now she seems to be good. So now my schedule realigns and now I'm back here. Awesome. Welcome. We back. just thought you you jumped on you're you're on clerks three, so uh you just big timed us. You know, <laughs> these guys then. Nah, nah. Uh, not yet. That call hasn't come in yet. I am uh I'm really excited for today's guest. Uh, this is oh, it's uh, not me. It's not you. I, it, nobody. It's it's no. What are you gonna? We're gonna talk an hour about your dog. <laughs> we could. She has a musical career. <laughs> Feels uh, like it already. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our, is uh, his Beagle Sharpay Miss PM dog? <laughs> <laughs> that was strong. That was good. That uh, was worth good. it. Yeah. Uh, sh- sh- surely, uh, uh, Kahuna's Kahuna's dad. If, if you don't mind me, Kahuna's no. dad was one of the uh, members of uh, PM Dawn, which we love. And uh, yeah, we did an members. I mean, there were two. He was well. Right? He, yeah. he was. He yeah. was. He was the main member. He was. He was. Like he was the main the, guy. He was like the PM Dawn. Yeah. But, oh, but since know. I'm not the guest, who is the guest? Our guest today, uh, formerly of the Howard Stern Show, a great stand-up comedian, and I believe uh, fresh off the roast of Ric Flair. Uh, That's right. Survived it. Yeah. Welcome, Shuli. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but enough of the small talk. Let's get back to that Sharpay. So where are we at now? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you could uh, if you could just uh, send us the vet records over the chat, I'm sure yeah. we could we can uh, pour through that. I got Welcome to Vet Talk, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shuli, how did how did that uh, how the roast of Ric Flair go? It you know it's uh, every roast is kind of scary, but when you're dealing you know with with people with CTE and and everyone can pick you up and rip you apart in half, uh, it's a little scarier because. You know, we're we're it's a usual mix, celebrities slash wrestlers and comics. And, you know, our job as comics is to bring the heat and their job is to bomb. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, but it's something like this, like I went very, very hardcore this roast because I really wanted to stand out and, and kind of make a mark. But at the same time, while I'm reading these awful jokes, uh, people that I've idolized since I was a kid. Um, I'm just kind of keep my head down. I'm just waiting for the lights to go out. I'm just waiting to get hit from yeah. behind from somebody um, and then just wake up and go, how did I do? You know, so, uh, it, but nobody, everybody was a great sport. Uh, everybody uh, had a great sense of humor and, and, you know, I'm surrounded by like uh, heroes of mine since I was a kid, man. It, it was pretty cool. I loved it. The yeah. weekend was great. The whole, the whole fan expo and then watching the, the last match Sunday that Ric Flair has until the IRS comes calling again. Um, <laughs> it was good until next it year really this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. I once roasted. Um, I roasted Chuck Wepner, the, oh, the sure. real Rocky Balboa for his 80th birthday. And yeah. Um, uh, Larry Holmes and Bobby Chez were on the dais sitting right behind me and they're here. I'm a huge boxing fan. Larry Holmes was a hero of mine. Sure. sure. And you're up there just saying rotten, vile shit. Like I'm calling my hero borderline illiterate and, yeah. y- and you can feel like you can feel the eyeballs in the back of your head and it, it is intimidating. And he still looked like he can take your head off. Yeah, calling Ric Flair's uh, ex on again, off again, wife uh, a whore and a slut. It, I that feeling of just like here, I imagine it must have been like when they walked into the camps. You know what I mean? Like at any point, 
they're going to take me out. And that's what I felt like uh, during that roast. But the, the, the reaction from the crowd was like, it was just these waves of, Oh, you know? And so I knew I was, I was on the right track. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you know the roast is good. Yeah. You get the audible uh, disgust and all. Um, but we are so we're here today to talk about uh, Pink Floyd. And uh, I thought this was about PM Dawn. I'm out of here. I don't need this shit. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was about my fucking Sharpay. Fuck this shit. Yeah. Keep uh, taking away what I want to talk about. Go ahead. Um, so, uh, yeah, we thought that um, uh Pink, Chip and I get into this conversation a lot about separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd is somebody who's um, who has been, I guess, like fairly vocally anti-Semitic. And it has I, I feel like that's a more recent development, like maybe the last decade is when he really started uh, pouring it on. And uh, Pink Floyd is a band that I always loved growing up. And um, I heard uh, I heard from my good friend, James Mattern, who's who's been on the show a bunch of times also, that um, you're a big that you're a big Floyd fan. And that, huge, yeah. huge Floyd fan. Yeah. Saw him in 94 at the Rose Bowl, saw Roger Waters uh, solo when I was living out in Vegas. Um, yeah. I, I, and And what's ironic is you know i was born in israel Mm -hmm. so many israelis love pink floyd so many israelis love that music which is kind of ironic because you don't hear it bumping a lot out in gaza that's all i'm saying i'm just saying they're not (laughs) you know you don't hear pigs on the wing over there at uh, in in jerusalem You, you got it all over israel though but yeah he um my brothers, I got two older brothers. Uh, they they kind of turned me on and introduced me to Pink Floyd. Always loved the music, uh, even before I started smoking weed. So you know it's good music, and um, and yeah, and then you and then you learn and you learn about the people um, later on, and and that definitely changed things for me. Do Do you remember what was um, what was the first album or song that did it for you? I think it was the um, I think it was metal. The album metal, I think, was the first. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, shit, I'm trying to remember if Echoes was on metal or was that? I think, I think Echoes was Echoes and uh, like Fearless was on that. Fearless. Yeah. Fearless yeah. My, yeah. That's my favorite Pink Floyd song. That's the first album of theirs that. Uh, that really I, I feel like that's where it comes together. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I hate the people together. that are like, oh, you got to check out Uma Guma. And I'm like, no, that, no, that's just a fucking bunch of people hitting instruments and annoying the shit out of me. Those early albums, <laughs> I, you know, with the exception of, uh, you know, set the controls for the heart of the sun yeah. and, and maybe careful with that axe, Eugene. Uh, the rest of it is just noise. It's just annoying. And I agree with you. I think metal is where it all where it all came together 100 percent. well what what I, what's interesting i learned this yesterday so like there's like there, i guess there's like three eras of pink floyd it's like they can, there's like the sid barrett era and then rod and then the roger waters era and then the dave gilmore um right. this i had no idea i always thought sid barrett was in the band much longer than he was i had no idea that his uh input was one album he was yeah. he was all over the first album uh, lead singer and principal songwriter. And then uh, he got so fucked up on LSD that his contribution to the second album consisted of exactly one song. The Jug Band song. Yeah. And then he's, yeah. he's completely out of the band by the third album. Yeah. And, and no offense to uh, Sid, but I think the three of us could have come up with the Jug Band song. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not really showcasing the skills of that band. Um, but, yeah, as they say in wrestling, he you know, when somebody comes in and then they, they get fired or they leave, they go, he was here for a cup of coffee. And that, that yeah. was like Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett yeah. was there for a cup of coffee and he was out. And then, you know, this this. Uh, 
Roger Waters, um, who was like a fan of theirs for a while. Right. Like, didn't he like go to their shows? I, I thought I read and was like, I don't want to say stalking, but he was definitely a big fan of the band. And uh, and then and then when they got together, like, yeah, that's when all the crazy shit started happening. Yeah. Um. So metal, uh, metals where it all comes. I feel like metals where Rod. I I feel like metal was a band. Contra- it was like the band contributing to everything. Yeah. Um. They follow up metal with Dark Side of the Moon. Do I have yes. that right? And uh, which I haven't listened to yet, but I heard is really good. <laughs> Take your time; it's going to be around for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that album might still be uh, on the Billboard Top 200. Like that album is there. Uh, it's never going anywhere. It's. I it's, don't think it, it's. Uh, it's stayed in the Billboard Top 200 literally for over 20 years. It was like something it was like for 700 something consecutive weeks. By the um, way, another tune off of metal that is fantastic is the opening song. One of these days. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. I mean, so good and yeah. so strong. And yeah, that that album for sure turned me on to them. Dark Side was great. Every every song. Uh, wish you were here. All right. You know, it's, it's not terrible. It's not their best thing, um, you know. Animals, I thought was phenomenal. I, I love animals. Animals could be my favorite record of theirs. I think it's actually my I, favorite I, album yeah. too. It's it's so good, so underrated. You know what's crazy is my favorite, and it's not necessarily Pink Floyd, but my favorite album of theirs, if you will, is a solo album Roger Waters did called "The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking." You familiar with this? No. Well, yeah, what I, I haven't I haven't heard Era. it in years, but yeah. yeah. I mean, from what I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but from what I heard, this was the album. This album was one of the reasons why they kind of broke up um, because he wanted to do this and and the rest of the guys didn't. And so he leaves. He records this album, which is literally an auditory movie. If you if you really it's one of those albums where you can't put it on track four or whatever. It's, it tells this story um, about this guy meets a hitchhiker, blah, blah, blah. The whole story goes on. It's got Eric Clapton on guitar. It's got uh, David Sanborn on saxophone. It's got an appearance from uh, city slickers, actor extraordinaire, Jack Palance, who, uh, <laughs> who does a, a quick voiceover as a hell's angels in the song. And it's the most Floyd sounding music. That's not Floyd. And, and it kills me cause I don't like the guy, but that might be one of my favorite albums ever. It's, it's so good and so out there and weird. And I recommend headphones turn that shit up and just enjoy the the sounds and the weirdness that is roger waters because this was like pure uncut roger waters this album and heroines uh, uh clapton's in his heroin days so he's just he's got this solo on this on this blues tune that's just like what the fuck is going on here it's insane so that that would be my you know the wall i love but like those ones, they like anything. They get played so much that you kind of get sick of those, mm-hmm. and 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 you go for the off the beaten path albums. Yeah, and that one's a great one. Yes, um, I had heard. I, I so I heard that it was, and, and maybe I, maybe I have it wrong, but I I heard it was the final cut was the album that did them in. Like him, Waters and Gilmore were feuding. Uh, creative differences. Gilmore went out and did like a couple solo albums, which actually aren't aren't terrible at all. Right. Um. One of them, he 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 did a he did a few songs with Pete Townsend that were really good, but um. He, Roger came back with the final cut to follow up the wall, and nobody in the band liked it. They were like, "None of this is any good." And uh, Roger had it put out anyway under under Pink Floyd. And then, I mean, um, yeah. And then if you want to break up the band, do it for amused to death. I mean, uh, that's something <laughs> that I wouldn't tag along with. I understand. I understand uh, radio chaos. I mean, if you want to walk out, walk out on that goddamn album. Yeah. 
It's, I have to go back and listen to the pros. I just remember the album cover was like a was like a hot naked chick with nothing yeah. but a backpack on. Yeah. A chick's yeah. ass with a backpack. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, I, I recommend everybody out there. Check it out. Give it give it four or five uh, uh, tracks. If you don't like it, don't let. But there's no way. And if you get stoned before it, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. It's over. It's a wrap. Um, yeah. I, I so Floyd is not one of those bands that like they were uh, like you were joking before you discovered them before you started smoking weed. Mm-hmm. I, I discovered them right when I started smoking. When I started at a young age, I was like 13 or 14 <laughs> and somebody gave me a copy. I, I think of Dark Side of the Moon. And I was pretty hooked. And, you know, I obsessed over them in high school and college. And they're a band now, like when they come on, I enjoy it. But they're, they haven't been a band that I've sought out for a long right. time. I'm never like, oh, let me throw on the wall. And right. um, to prepare for today, I've I've been listening to them pretty much nonstop for, for the last week or so. And I listened to The Wall in its entirety uh, for the first time since college. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot how good this is. Yeah, not only that, they did a thing in the 90s. Um, they did a concert in Berlin. Berlin. It's on YouTube. I watched it last night. Yes. And I got to say, you know, I really love that album because you have so many different voices doing these songs that we all know, you know, like Cindy Lauper doing Brick in the Wall, the Scorpions open with Thin Ice. Yeah. I mean, and it's like just right now I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. Just thinking Sh- of them Sinead, doing Thin Sinead, Ice. Sinead O'Connor did Mother. Uh, I mean, with um, with the band backing her, the band comes out and backs them up. Van Mar- Van Morrison does comfortably numb. Uh, Brian Adams does Young Lust. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, the the list of people that are on this, I, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tina Turner's involved uh, in a song on there too. I think she was there. It's it's so random and. And the pairings were great and the and the band was so tight uh, and the sound and just Pink Floyd Live is something that, uh, you know, it's a shame that every human being couldn't experience that once in their life. You know, yes, this is crazy. I'm looking at it right now. The, per- the personnel on on Wikipedia. And so you got uh, you, the Scorpions, like you said, Cindy Lauper, Thomas Dolby, Sinead O'Connor, the band. The Hooters, which like the Hooters are huge in Germany. Joni Mitchell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, forgot Brian about Adams, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Jerry Hall, Van Morrison, Tim Curry, Tim Curry, wow. Marianne Faithful, and Albert Finney. Isn't Albert <laughs> wow. Finney, isn't that Daddy Warbucks? Is that who that is? Yes. yes right? <laughs> like Daddy Warbucks just pops out. Holy shit. They got Penny the Sharpay on here, too. <laughs> oh, do they really? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, she hope, does, she does she's doing all right. She yeah. does stop by Roger Waters. Yo, this is crazy. I've never yeah, heard it, of this. You, this you is Roger could, Waters? Yeah, it was available. I think you could like paper. It was to celebrate the Berlin Wall coming down, if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, it's on Spotify, too, if you want to check out the album. Yeah. You, uh, you could watch the con- You could watch it for free yeah. on YouTube. And uh, yeah. And you know what? It was also like I was watching it last night and it's the hottest I ever saw Cindy Lauper because she goes like she looks great. She looks great. She's got long, long, curly hair, like down to her ass, like a lion's mane. And she is uh, she's running around the stage like a rock star. Like she goes full rock star. She rips her shirt off at one point. She's just in a like little shorts and a jacket and bra. And I was yeah. like, I've never like, holy shit, Cindy Lopper's hot. I never noticed this. It's a long night of research there, eh, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> what did she sing? On? She did another brick in the wall part yeah. two. Oh wow! Yeah, and she kills and it. did and did a ki- a killer. And that's the thing, like the Scorpions opening with Thin Ice, man. Like it's be- it's better than Floyd's version. I'm sorry, uh, the fact that they're live, that they're they're you can feel. That the guy's like, holy shit, we're doing a Pink Floyd song in front of, uh, I think it was over 100,000 people yeah. were at this. Day. It was just massive, massive. Yes. Um, yeah. That, and that and was, they, were, they were a German band too, right? The Scorpions. Yes. Yeah. So that's like, you know, 
Yeah, I went to see him live once. They asked to see my papers. So I turned around and walked right the hell out. <laughs> enough of these German bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that was that was really good. And then Roger Waters leaves the band and everyone assumes like I feel like David Gilmore never got too much respect. And every yeah. everybody assumes that they're done for. And then he actually he steers them through maybe their most commercial one of their most commercially successful eras ever. Yep. Uh, with a momentary lapse of reason, um, which at the time, like I haven't gone back and revisited that, you know, since probably high school. But at the time, I remember thinking like, well, this was much better than I would have expected. Yeah, it's it, look. It's better than you know, uh, uh, Division Bell. Yeah, right. And like Division Bell, it's like waiting room music. Yes, you know, it's yeah. like elevator music. Um, uh, what was the final cut? Uh, that, uh, no, that was final cut. That was, was all Roger. Yeah, that was that was, the last, that was yeah, Roger's yeah. last, and that was basically a Roger Waters solo album. With right, that was that was Double Bird from Roger Waters yeah, yeah, on his yes. way out. That's what yeah. that was. Uh, but yeah, like the. It's it's weird because, like I said, I've seen them both live separately, mm -hmm. right? Never saw the band in, right. its, in its original form. But I saw 94 at the Rose Bowl, David Gilmore, Pink Floyd, maybe the greatest concert I've ever been to. Um, the the next to the sound booth, they had this giant thing covered with a, a black awning. And, and then at one point, well, at one point during Comfortably Numb, the fucking thing starts coming up and it's a tower, right? It's a giant tower. And at the very top of it is a massive disco ball. And they put all the lights from the stadium pretty much on this disco ball. And it just starts spinning and everybody's got disco ball white on all over them. The entire stadium is covered in it. And then the fucking thing opens as a mushroom and you, you hear 40,000 people go, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I don't remember that. I, I saw, uh, I saw them that I saw them in 94. Also, um, that was the division. Bell yes. Stuff, yeah, right? my, yeah. My, my brother took Where me pulse came from, saw yep. a giant stadium. Did your friends do the same thing? They were like, save your weed till the second set, man. That's when all the old shit comes up. I, I know some real dirtbags. Uh, no, I, I never practiced uh, saving weed. Um, Smoke your rags during the uh, division bell set. And then when you see the acoustic guitar come on, bring on the chronic, bro. <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't remember a single song off the division bell. I was I was watching something last. I don't even believe they released a single. Wasn't learning to fly. I that, think that's that, the only that one was, I remember. That was momentary lapse. Of oh, man. That was the album yeah. before. But they those two albums a lot just tour for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those two albums just kind of mash into one for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They sound. I get them confused a lot, too. They sound similar. But uh, what do you want from me? That was a that was sort. I don't think that was I don't see. I don't even remember that. Yeah. But it's so yeah, and every song was like the same slow tempo. Like n there was nothing like, you know, one of these days or, you know, any anything. It was just like it was like Muzak. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Muzak? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and then in 2013, I was super excited for the Endless River to come out, which you find out was basically outtakes from. <laughs> I know it was bell. so it was stuff that wasn't peppy enough for the division bells. <laughs> yeah. It was stuff that wasn't good enough to put on their worst album. It's yeah. like if you guys put out a podcast of the first five minutes of starting the podcast, you know, before yeah. we officially start and we're just yeah. small talk. And then you put that out, you go unreleased, guys. Well, this yeah. is why it's unreleased. It's not good. <laughs> There's you know. reasons that people shouldn't have heard this. I remember right. I, I remember sitting there just like angry after 20 minutes. I was like, this is come on, fellas. You can't do something. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I do love Dave Gilmore. Dave Gilmore is one of my favorite guitarists. Like I can listen uh -huh. to him play anything. Anything. Yeah. He, he's so underrated. People forget. So when that band broke up and then Roger Waters started doing his solo shit, Roger Waters had three guitar players in his band. Mm -hmm. So like he needed three guys to do what David Gilmore could do on his own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When Clapton's blown away by a guy, you know, that dude's sick, right? Like he, he's just he, any, any legit guitarist, has him in in the top 10 without a doubt maybe yeah. top five um 
so the band breaks up. Roger Waters, he 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 starts the solo stuff now. Like I, I would Roger Waters. Uh, let's get into his politics a little bit, um, because I saw him. I saw him do the Dark Side of the Moon. He did a little tour where he performed that in its entirety. I saw that too, yeah. And I saw that uh, that had to have been fifteen or sixteen years ago. Yeah, and yeah. and there was uh, I that might have been the one I saw in Vegas with him solo, yeah. where he did he did like a song, a song or two from each album. You know, he even did a song from Pros and Cons towards the end, and and. Uh, yeah, but this, again, this, he doesn't look happy up there. He doesn't look like he wants to be. He, he, it's like it's like we walked in and bothered this fucking guy. You know, it's like <laughs> he's he's never looked. He never looks happy. Like he never like you. You never see. Well, guess what? If politics is your whole life, you're never gonna fucking be happy. I got yeah. news for you. Look, look at where we're at in this day and age, right? It's just a fucking pep rally, and you got people from both sides that they're they're every. All they are is politics right now. All yes. they are is their party. And meet those people. Tell me if they got a smile on their face. Tell me if they're a joy to be around. They're not. They're 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 inundated with all this fucking information because they're glued to the TV. They're glued to the news, the internet, whatever. And it's just like I don't. I want to hang with somebody. I don't want to get lectured for every move. You have a napkin. Oh, do you know the situation in China when? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I just yes, need a napkin. napkin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everybody's a goddamn lecturer now. Yeah. And, well, did you see did you see him getting mad at uh the weekend and Drake? Where <laughs> he, listen, he come I'm working at Sirius, right? This is this is a true story. I'm working up at Sirius. He's coming in to promote um he's doing a concert at Yankee Stadium. He's doing the wall at Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. This was after September eleven. This is like a few years after September 11th and um, and he's out there and he comes into Sirius to do a town hall where they sit you in that big fishbowl studio. Yep. That's all glass. And, and this is what I heard from a reliable source that he told them beforehand, I don't want to talk too much about music. I'd rather talk about politics, which is like, oh, great, because that's what that's what we booked you for, yeah. Roger Waters, to yeah. talk fucking politics, not, yeah. you know, music. So, of course, they, they're, you know, they'll jump through the hoops, whatever. Yeah, you got it. I'm excited to see him. I'm a fan. I still didn't fully know, like, his deal with everything. And I'm standing there and I'm watching this guy shit all over Jews, shit all over Israel. And I'm like, why is he talking about this? Like, what, what? You're in New York. You think this is gonna help you sell tickets in New York? <laughs> shit on Jews? Like, what? What are you, an idiot? And he did an hour. He talked about music for maybe 10, 10 minutes, fifteen minutes, and the rest was all politics. The rest was all bullshit. Now, before this interview, I, I went up to an executive at Sirius. I never asked for shit, and I said, "Listen, my wife's birthday is coming up." He's doing his concert. Uh, I think it was on her birthday. I said, I, can you find me two tickets to this show? And he came back. And so he says, I'll take care of you. After I watch this interview, I go, I call my wife, who's not Jewish, by the way. That's why she's my wife. Shout out. Shiksas. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I call my wife and I go and I'm like legit bummed. I'm like, man, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, but. Roger Waters is just shitting all over Jews and Israel. And I'm like, it's kind of fucked up. And my wife says, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to go to the concert. And I go, no, no, no. I said, it's your birthday. We'll go. It's fine. And she's like, no. She goes, you got family there. You have you know relatives. She's like, I, I don't feel comfortable doing it. Like she stood up for my shit. Right. So I'm like, okay, if you don't want to go, we're not going. I walked right up to the executive's office. I said, listen, I really appreciate it. Uh, but uh, listening to him shit all over Israel and Jews, I'm, I, I decided we're not going to go. And he goes, are you sure? Because I got you great seats. And I said, you know what? Let me call my wife. <laughs> I was going to say is that that's that's a that's an internal struggle. Like, right. As a Jew, it's like, tough. Free, it's tough. Free tickets. Yeah. Oh. And, and yeah, it's, it's the Jewish Sophie's <laughs> choice, right? I mean, it's like, 
Um, but yeah, we ended up not going. And, and since then, you know, since that moment, I just paid a lot more attention to, to him and his ramblings. And I'm just like, wow, what a fucking lunatic this guy is like, what he's just, he's out of, and not for nothing, but like you, as much as you want, let's say you want to help the Palestinian people by putting on a benefit concert for him. You know, they wouldn't even allow that. Yeah. Like, like he wouldn't be allowed to do his show. He'd have so many restrictions. And, and it's like, you know, I don't think people fully understand what happens if that toll booth in the Middle East goes away. Yeah. But it ain't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so his thing is like, it's not even a debate with him. It's just like, fuck these people. And, and that is my biggest issue, which is like, you don't know these people. So why are you saying fuck them? I, I'm not saying it on the other side. The majority of Israel wants to live in peace. Yes. That's the reality. Yeah. The majority of Israel wants everybody to be happy with the land that they have. But you have religion on both sides that that makes people fucking nuts. Right. You know? Right. I mean, we 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 can't be barging into somebody's home and kicking them out because uh, uh, our book said we deserve to be here. Uh, well, you know, the, you're just igniting a fucking spark that's going to set a brush fire. And, it, and it's generational. Right. You you have kids that are born that are taught to hate just because their parents hate. They don't have a reason. They don't. And once you lose generations to that shit, like once you lose kids to that, your choice is either brainwashing them back or or it's a lost cause you know what are you going to do so it's it's a crazy situation and a guy with his reach and his ability rather than try and maybe figure something out yeah like you know build some bridges build some bridges open some doors maybe your music can connect people yes. that would have never connected right it's it's the most powerful thing out there music and and instead of that, you just decide, oh, this is this is fact. This is how I feel. It's it's a very closed minded, uh, uh, bigoted approach to to society, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's it's weird. Like I was saying with Chip off air, like um, uh, it's 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 tough because a I, I do love the music so much. B, I agree with a lot of his Politics, and I'm not. I'm not super. I'm not a political dude. I'm. I don't think I'm well informed enough. But like, I agree with you know. He he's super anti-Trump. I, I wasn't a big. I haven't you know just growing up around New York. I I haven't liked Trump my whole life. Right. Uh, he's very uh, you know pro environment, which which I can get behind. He's he's pro. Uh, uh, yeah, he looked pro environment when he pulled up in that Escalade. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, serious. And he looked like he really cared about uh, how long this fucking rock spinning in space is going to last. Did you hear? Uh, <laughs> did you hear? Like, uh, so Taylor Swift? They just they just came out and said that she is the uh, out of all uh, out of all of musicians, she's the one that uses private jets the most. She she's logged the most trips and she's always uh going on about the environment. And then her excuse, which I think makes it so much worse, she was like, I wasn't even on that plane most of the time. I just <laughs> I let my friends use it when they need. <laughs> I was like, so I yeah, saw like one of the Kardashians went from like, you know, Reseda to Calabasas on a private jet. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like a 20 minute drive. And she's like, no, I'll take the Learjet. It's like, uh, all right. You know, listen, nobody's perfect. Right. Yeah. Like everybody's everybody's got some hypocrite in them. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, everybody has preconceived, you know, notions and ideas and feelings towards certain things. But I find it ironic that the people who usually yell the loudest about something usually are are guilty oh, of whatever yeah. it is they're yelling yes. about. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So he's sitting here saying that, you know, um, Israel is anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian. But the reality of it is you're anti-Israel. So you, you can't sit here and point a finger Without having a discussion, without working, you know, talking to somebody who who can have a dialogue with you and maybe explain things to you that maybe you don't see, you know, 
we're seeing more and more every day how manipulative the media is, right? And how they want to spin stories right. and how they want to uh, get people going. This yeah. this sells. This yes. makes money. So maybe you're not hearing the whole story, right? Maybe maybe you're not getting all the facts. Why not research a little bit? Why not? But you know, once you you're surrounded with people that always say yes, what are the odds that you're wrong in your head, right? Like, what are the odds that one day you're gonna go? Oh, maybe I don't know what I'm talking. Of course I know what I'm talking. Jim, do I know what I'm talking about? Sure do. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Validation. Done. Um, do you, but it still I won't stop my, me from listening to music. Don't yeah, get me wrong. That's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, it's weird. I don't know why, like, um, uh, Roger Waters really bothers me, um, but Mel Gibson doesn't. Like I'll st mm -hmm. I still watch Lethal Weapon with absolutely no problem. Like I don't care how much. Like this is Lethal Weapon. I don't care how much he hates me. Let me and tell you something. You 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 could you could execute Jews in front of me as long as you made Braveheart. Thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> thumbs up. I've never seen fight scenes like that. Uh, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> now bleed with Jews. You know something like that or whatever he's into. But. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. And and also, look, it's not like Mel Gibson, every chance he gets shits on Jews. Right. Well, that's a big difference. Yes. So I so it's, I wanted to bring this up because I've always wondered, like, why? Why am I like, why does Roger? Wa and I'm not even like a super proud Jew. Like, I hate it. Me neither. I, you think I'm building a sukkah <laughs> over here? Are you out of your fucking mind? I'm still angry that I had to go to Hebrew school. I'm 46 yeah. and I'm still mad <laughs> about being sent to Hebrew school. So but there's. There's, I guess I just like knowing Israel's there. Like, oh, if shit ever, yeah. if shit ever goes down, there's at least a place I can, I can go. Um, but, uh, I watched this documentary yesterday about Roger Waters and his, and his politics. It was made by a Jewish filmmaker. It is hilariously titled, uh, wish you weren't here. <laughs> set and, the controls for go fuck yourself was the original title and they actually somebody explained it somebody was like here somebody was like well what's the difference between him and mel gibson and they were like mel gibson's just like an angry old drunk yelling in a bar you caught him on an off night yeah you caught him on an off night all the guy if, if somebody had just blown him we wouldn't have heard all that. That's really what it comes down to. And those those uh, even if he never made a movie, those voicemails alone, those drunken voicemails alone uh, are worth giving back to society. He's contributing something yeah. to us, even in his in his lowest moment. Right. And and um, yeah, like I said, he's he's and by the way, what are the odds? The one fucking Jewish highway patrol officer on earth. <laughs> Happens to pull over Mel Gibson. <laughs> like, fucking Jewish highway patrol. Are you out of your mind? That's like a Mad Lib. I don't even think that exists. But um, yeah. It, and again, he's drunk. He's ways. He's he also grew up with a fucking yeah. crazy dad yes. that had a lot of, you know, his dad. I see more as like in the Roger Waters camp yeah, than yeah. him. And um and yeah, there is a it's weird. There's a difference. Like he's a, he's been cast in a new movie and I'm like, I got no problem with that. Guy's a fucking great director. Like, yeah. you know, it's a bottom line. Roger is a great uh, musical artist like VH1. And, and I think you can find this on YouTube, too. But they did a whole I remember buying this on DVD. It was the making of Dark Side of the Moon. And it was like a documentary. And they have all this footage of them in studio and I'll never forget. It's like Roger Waters. It looks like he's at mission control for NASA. There's just knobs and dials everywhere. And he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. His hair's all white. He looks insane. He's got a headphone on and he's just, and it's just noise. And then all of a sudden he'll just go, you know, turn one dial, turn <laughs> this dial. And it's just, and, and I'm just like, fuck what I would give to be able to sit in that studio and watch these guys come up with this shit on the fly, like organic comedy on the spot. Comedy is my favorite yeah. type of comedy. Yeah. So to be, to be in that room 
when they're riffing on shit and then they they find, you know, uh, the sounds for time or or money or whatever the fuck it is. Gig in the sky like the woman. It, it was amazing, amazing to watch um, th- that stuff. Like that will never die for me. The Pink Floyd too. I played Pink Floyd for my daughter. Uh, I played her pros and cons of hitchhiking. Like she, she knows. Like it's good music. And and politics aside, you know, my revenge. I watch it all for free on YouTube. Jews rule. <laughs> Jews rule. <laughs> Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, I just looked this up. I don't know if you know. Did you guys hear uh, uh, Comedy Central is bringing back Crank Yankers, uh, Mel Gibson's hosting, which is going to be amazing. I think. <laughs> wow. I would love my favorite thing that Mel said in all his in all of his anger. Uh, he, he said, I'm coming to burn your house down, but first you'll blow me. And I was like, even in all that anger and rage. Yeah. He got the yeah. order right. Like he knew mm-hmm. I got to get like, I can't burn your house down and then have you blow me. There's <laughs> right. no way you're going to go for that. So that's just stupid. That's just <laughs> dumb planning. <Mel. laughs> Even in all that rage, he still saw he still had a plan. Yeah, that's like my one of my favorite uh, 911 calls is this this cop in Detroit stole some weed from the evidence locker. And he brought it home and him and his wife made brownies. And uh, apparently they got very, very high because this cop called 911. And and there's it's the greatest. You got to hear. He just goes, hi, uh, we're uh, we ate some pot brownies and I think we're dead. That was his opening line. I think we're dead. And at one point, you know, this woman's having this conversation with the the 911 operator. And at one point he just goes. My wife's laying face down on the couch and the woman goes, is she breathing? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what the score in the Red Wings game is? (laughs) And that literally, that was me and my friends code to each other when we wanted to get weed. I would just text him. Do you know what the score of the Red Wings game is? And he'd go, I'm on my way. That is hilarious. uh, I just saw, I saw a good one in Florida where uh, some dude called the police because uh, he wanted to use their scales because he thought his meth dealer ripped him off. <laughs> yes. That's right. If the police could come weigh his meth for him and if it was light, he wanted to uh, file a report. What an idiot. All you got to do is sign up to stamps.com. They send you drug scale immediately. So dumb. Um, so would you go if if. All right. Here's a question yeah. for you guys. Let's say uh, Pink Floyd reunites. Yeah. Right? Let's say much like Ric Flair, they owe a lot of money and yeah. they get they get the band back together. Would you go see a Pink Floyd reunion show? Yeah, I think I think I would. I think I'd have to. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to. I would too. Full yarmulke, uh, tallis, <laughs> sippus, all of it. But you know, it's also it's like, well, why punish the other guy? Like Dave Gilmore never did. Like, of course, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's like when they wanted to cancel the Cosby Show. Yeah, I was literally just going to say that. Yeah, like it's or it, Malcolm and Jamal Warner. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and 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 you're you're not even hurting the guy you want to hurt. He, he's you, I, I, Bill Cosby doesn't need your money. Uh, cockroach and Elvin need the residuals <laughs> for real. Yeah, I know cockroach uh, <laughs> not doing well, but, you know, it, it's so true that you bring that. Up. I think it's we're just reactionary at this point. And, and it's not about figuring it out or breaking it down or, or seeing what the actual story is or what the actual you know, incident or whatever the fuck it is. Like, we're just so quick to be like gone, ban, because all we are is instant right now. Everything in our lives is instant. So there's no, nobody has time to figure out what went wrong. They just know something isn't right. And we need to act now gone off with their heads. Right. Yeah. It's it's pretty scary, man. Um, Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I wish that, uh, you know, he I I would never ironically, you know, even though Roger Waters is all about uh, BDS boycotting Israel, I would never 
I, I just wouldn't give them I just wouldn't give him my money. You know, like yeah. I, I would never be like, oh, you have to you have to shut him down. He can't. I, I don't want him performing. There, I can't imagine there would ever be anything that could happen on the planet where I'd be like outside with a sign protesting. Well, I, it's I, not fair for you to take away something that maybe other people will enjoy that that can that can and have no problem separate i'm not saying right. they agree with him right. just separate the politics from the music they will this is a chance for me to see pink floyd they're never going to play together again i'm going right. right and listen i have my i have my issues with the dude's theories and beliefs but at the end of the day, it doesn't change the music that he made. It doesn't change the brilliance that these guys had when they're all together. You know, the older people get the more fucking weird they get sometimes. Like, that's just that's how it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the moment for me when I knew something was wrong. Like, even before I started reading these things was when I saw Roger Waters do the wall. And it's, you know, obviously it's this giant stage production and, you know, it's we're just going to be blown away by the light show and by all the inflatables and the actual wall and all that. And then he comes out on stage with his bass guitar and he's literally wearing a black T-shirt, dad jeans and white New Balance sneakers. And I was like, <laughs> this is a fucking prop. This guy, something is wrong with this gentleman right now. It's yeah. like it's like my Uncle Mike's performing right now. Like this, yeah. is, what he's going to say isn't going to come out. Well, I know that right now. Looks like he's going to an estate auction, you know, <laughs> buy somebody's fucking yard equipment. It's like, uh, hey, as a comic once told me, you got to look different than the people sitting in the fucking crowd, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, yeah. It, it, listen, at the end of the day, the Floyd was a huge, huge influence in my life. You know, those albums, it, it was one of the first uh it was probably the first music that I started playing for my kids was Floyd. You know, there's stuff I could play for them at night. There's stuff I could play for them during the day. And and it's good music. And I don't have to sit here and involve them in the minutia of fucking politics. Um, whereas other people would. And and that that I think is a, is even a bigger problem is like bringing kids into all this bullshit. I we didn't know anybody's politics when we listened to music early on. We just like, oh, Quiet Riot. This guy looks badass with the mask on. Let's yeah. buy the album. Boom, done. Everybody, everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got to stand on a side of something. And it's like nobody just puts their head down and fucking does it. <laughs> you know, just just play the goddamn music. Yes. As yeah. David Spade would say, when he does his bit about going to see REM live. And, and he goes, Michael Stipe's up there, you know, whining about something. And he goes, dude, you're a rock star. OK, if your life sucks, I'm fucked. All right. If you're bitching <laughs> about shit. So just sing shiny, happy people and do it like it is on the fucking album. Don't change everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that you say. I remember uh, my first thought when I found out uh, Chris Cornell committed suicide. I was like, well, how is everybody on the planet not committed suicide then? How, right. how, how how has anybody found the strength to keep going if, mm -hmm. if if this guy with this life couldn't do it? It's it's unbelievable. Um, and it's never and, and it's you know, I lost a, a good friend uh, about three, four months ago. And I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And it's 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 never any signal of anything. That's the scariest part about it is you're having a conversation one day. And then the next day they're just gone. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and, you know, it fucks up everybody in, in that shockwave, right. In that zone for, for forever, uh, you know, guy had a family like, and, and in all the conversations never let on that anything was even remotely uh, not going well. So yeah, man, it's, it's it's when you when you don't know anything that's happening is usually when it happens. Um, yeah, it's 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 wild, man. I, I I definitely regardless of how he feels about this, that and the other. And again, like you were saying, I'm not a super Jew. Yeah. I'm not in Temple. I'm not you know, I'm in Alabama. So there is no. <laughs> <sort of guy. laughs> 
Um, that's not true. There is a synagogue a mile and a half from us, but I still think it's a trap. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I really <laughs> think it's, it's a, like a Jewish roach motel. Like I'm going to go in one end and never come out. Yeah, that, um, would, that would make me nervous for sure. Yeah, but just but just preaching blind hate, uh, hatred towards a group of people. Like, how can you say that you're fighting for justice or equality when you're when you're hating a group of people? Yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. it's pretty weird. It's interesting because I was thinking, like, if you listen, I went back and listened to The Wall. And so that album's got to be uh, almost over 40 years old, 40 years old. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah, like, like that. almost 45. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to In the Flesh where he's singing from the point of view of a fascist leader and he sings, uh, you know, that one looks Jewish. That one's a coon. Get him up against the wall. So at one point in time, he was identifying Jews as oppressed people. You know, he, he saw yeah. them as marginalized. And then somewhere along the line, uh, I guess he flipped his thinking. Now, all of a sudden we plan 9-11. When's that album coming out, Raj? <laughs> By the way, that concert that I was supposed to go to in New York, I ended up not going. And, and a good friend of mine, uh, the great Joey Boots, uh, rest yes. oh, yeah. went, went to that concert and he told me he started Roger started doing some political shit, like doing some speech. On, and they booed him immediately. The whole place started booing was him it? like, shut the fuck. It was here's what it was. It was years and years after 9-11, but it was two days after the anniversary. It was it was okay. September 13th was the concert and uh, it was him doing the wall and and uh, it was at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And he I, started. Yeah. Go ahead. I saw him do the wall at the garden. And, oh, maybe it was the garden then. Yeah. But I don't. I don't remember that. I was I was I was super high. So it's it's very possible that happened and I didn't even take notice. But um, I remember being underwhelmed by because yeah. you're just watching them build this wall and it's kind of <laughs> distracting. And then when the walls finally built, they play two or three songs just behind the and you're literally just staring at a wall. I'm, I could have stayed home. I could have sat home and <laughs> stared at a wall. It's it's one of those things that on paper you're like this is gonna be yes. awesome and yeah. then and then seven minutes into staring at a wall going all right what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> what's it's just going a, on here just staring at a wall are they even back there I think they're just playing a track <laughs> I don't even think this is a lie they could have it's like the it. day a couple of French clowns were like let's not talk and you're like that's that's, <laughs> that's not a good idea <laughs> not a good idea at all. Uh, surely before uh, before I let you out of here, thank you so much for coming on. But I, yeah, I it's a pleasure, man. I'll, uh, anytime. Yeah, we'd lo we'd love to have you back. I do. Have, I do have one question for you that I, that I've been wondering. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. How, how long were you on the Stern show for? Uh, well, employed 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then before the employment, I was I was a caller, a regular caller. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to, to when I was living out in Vegas and I would, I would just call in with games and questions and impressions and whatever. I just wanted to play ball. Yeah. You know, I grew up listening to that show and, and uh, loved it. And, and I like I said, I, I love organic on the, you know, on the fly yes. comedy. So a lot of my games that I used to come up with would lead to arguments, you know, in studio, which I loved. Yes. And, and uh, in 05, 06, when he when he started up at Sirius, um, I, I came over a few months before that uh, for for a one week audition, which I didn't know what that meant. But basically, Howard came up with this idea for a news team to to cover the world of Howard Stern. Yes, Everyone from I remember. the guests to the whack pack, to the staff, to everything. And they had all these like legit professional reporters. So it yeah, would it was, sound like it was 10, 10 wins. Penny, uh, Penny Crone, Penny Ralph Crone. Howard. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, those were Steve. great. That was yeah. the best to me. I've, I've listened to Howard since I'm 10 years old. That was the when he first came to Sirius with the arty the arty years. The, it was the animal house. It that, was the animal house. That on was the air for the absolute best era. Uh, your phone calls with underdog lady would have me in it's underdog. <laughs> but um, my question for you, uh, what was 
your favorite? What, what was your best musical moment there? Like, what, what what did you see where you were like, holy shit, I can't believe this is my job and how lucky am I? There, there was a couple of them. Metallica coming in and, and performing. Um, and then later that night, they were doing a gig at the Apollo. So I got to see him twice in one day. One wow. super intimate you know, in studio. And then the other one also for Metallica was an intimate show uh, at the Apollo. Uh, That was amazing. One of the things I remember that completely blew me away was Lady Gaga. I was not a fan of Lady Gaga going into it. She came in, she sat at a piano and, and I, I was just blown away. I said, why doesn't she do an album of this? Just sit at a fucking piano. I get songs. Well, that, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the Stern Show, because it has turned me into fans of people that I never expected I would be fans of. Lady Gaga is one of them. I, I never yeah. thought I was interested. I remember. Yeah, she did. Um, I think it was Edge of Glory, just her on yeah. the piano. And I remember getting like chills Goosebumps. like, oh, my God, I can't believe how good this is. Yeah. And and so that was that was massive for me, like to to uh, just be blown away by like when Howard was on America's Got Talent. Right. Yeah. Uh, the thing I loved about America's Got Talent was the person's first performance because their first performance, they were a musician. It was just them and a guitar or them on a piano. And then once they made it to the later rounds, they bring up, you know, a fucking orchestra and all this shit. And it's like, no. Talent is that it's just a guitar and your voice, a piano and your voice. Your voice is the talent. I don't need all the fucking bells and whistles. I want to hear what you got in there. And um, and and she blew my mind, blew my mind. I was I was instantly hooked. Uh, I was just like, wow, she's the real deal. Like she she's got a set of pipes on her. It's unbelievable That, that those two are probably the ones that stick out the most. And then. You know, uh, for me, being a stand up, I, I love the comedy interviews. I loved yes. when comics would come in and tell stories and, you know, very underrated one that had so many great stories was uh, Rob Schneider. Oh, I thought you were going to say Robert Schimmel. I almost threw my hands Schimmel, up. Schimmel like, in Schimmel the days was, was the like best guest ever. Ba- maybe him and Kennison were like one yeah. and two um, yeah. as far as comedian guests. Uh, you know, if you want to go back to those, I mean, Pat Cooper, Gilbert, you know, yeah. Gilbert and Artie doing the news and derailing the show for an extra hour. <laughs> yes, I love is those. maybe the greatest thing ever. Uh, you know, I, I love the Billy West years mm-hmm. when Billy West would control the the Jackie puppet and do all the voices and characters. And that was a big inspiration for me going into it. I remember listening to to those episodes as a kid and being like, fuck, man, I want to be in that room making those people laugh, you yeah. know, and, and it was before I started working on impressions or anything. And um, so, yeah, it, it was it was those. I agree with you. Those first five, six, seven years were the greatest. Yes. They were just it was it was like Lord of the Flies. There was no law. There was no order. You know, Artie's passing out. We're waking him up with symbols. You know, <laughs> little did we know he was nodding off from heroin. Yeah, but yeah. OK, uh, you know, uh, I remember Penny Crone would come in and do news headlines and <laughs> Sal would run in with a long stick with a sign on the end of it that said cock with an arrow pointing down over her head. It was like an Emmy nominated journalist. And he's holding a side says, cock over her head um there was just doing the roasts like that was wild like i went from like watching these people on comedy central to now having to come up with a joke on greg giraldo and it's like it's like you gotta be shitting me man the uh, murderers row those roasts um so yeah man i i loved uh every minute of it the early years it was once, you know, new management came into play. That's when things started changing. And uh, and for me, it was just like I just got to a point where I was like, I'm, I'm not digging this anymore. Like, it's not I understand it's a job. Yes. It's not supposed to be fun, but right. that job's supposed to be. Fun. It's supposed to be fun. Out. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. Comedy should be fun. When I when I talk to comedians and they're like, oh, when they're complaining about. I'm like, what are you I doing? Tell them, Go it's, do plumbing for yeah, a year because I did that. Yeah. And it's, it fucking sucked. It's it's the hardest business on the planet to to succeed in so if you're not doing it because you love it then 
what the fuck are you doing? Well, that's and it's so thing. cliche, but it's like if you're not having fun, they're not having fun. So it's like it, it yeah. it's going to bleed through some way. If you're not enjoying yourself, you're we're, not going to put out the product. We're car salesmen at the end of the day with yep. dick jokes, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we're not selling it, they ain't buying it. Right. And and yeah, it's like, look, like I said, I did plumbing for a year. It, it fuck it, I'll take I'll take the worst bomb of my life, you know, a week straight yeah. rather than having to to you know, snake somebody's fucking toilet and pull dead fish out of it. Are you <laughs> yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah. Dig you know, ditches. so fuck. That. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just digging ditches. Fuck all that. I'd rather be yeah. people laugh. Yes. Fuck all that. Yeah, noise. exactly. And, and, you know, it takes time to get them to laugh for the, for the most part, you don't make anybody <laughs> laugh for yeah. a while. Uh, but that, that is what weeds out the people who truly want to do it. And, and the people who are uh, actors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shuli, thank you so much. Um, do you do you have anything coming up you want to promote? Where where can people find you? Uh I have uh gigs towards the end of September. I'm gonna be out in New York. I think it's the twenty-fourth, twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth. I'm doing uh New York Comedy Club, Atlantic City Comedy Club, and Fairfield. Oh nice. And then and then the thirtieth through the first, I'll be in Long Island, I believe at McGuire's um uh, so, oh, uh, those Long Island crowds are so much fun. They're they, just... I, I love it. I love it. I, I love those clubs in Long Island. Uh, you know, they're like snowflakes. You never have the same show no, ever there. No. It's always different. That that Atlantic. Have you have you been to uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club before? That's yeah. a cool room. That's a cool old theater. It's uh, great. With a uh, lot of history. The I, I when I was there, I, I was there maybe four months ago. They yeah. Were, they were telling me Aretha Franklin was the one that opened the theater. No she, shit. Yeah, she was the first performer. Wow. And now Papa Russ. Yeah. <laughs> now Papa Russ. Good old Russ. I love Russ. Yeah. I, I told him once I go, you're on your knees on stage more than boys to men. In concert. <laughs> I go, what is going on? <laughs> on that note, Shuli, thank you so much. I, I hope you'll come on again. I hope we could find another band for you to come. For sure, man. About. For sure. I, I got uh, I'll tell you what I'm I'm into out here since I've been living in the South. You know, I'm trying to be as non-Jewish as possible. So they, so they get off my trail. And uh, I have found that outlaw outlaw country. Mm hmm which is essentially folk music. If you really break it down, right. It's usually just the artist and the guitar. What we talked about, it's like my wife is a, is amazing cook. Like I call her a chef. She's legit, like an artist in that kitchen, but the best meal that she taught me this, the best meals she makes are the simplest ones, the ones with the least amount of ingredients. And so I feel music is the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah. The less shit you got involved, the more powerful the music is. And there's a guy that I discovered out here by the name of Tyler Childers and uh, pull him up on Spotify. Listen to a few of his songs. I'm telling you, the guy lyrically is a brilliant storyteller. His voice is unreal. He can play great guitar. And, you know, uh, and it's outlaw country. So they sing about getting stoned and fucking and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But it's opened my eyes to guys like him. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Sturgill's, uh, Sturgill's great. Coulter Wall is another great artist uh, that who sounds literally like Johnny Cash. Guy is under 30, I believe. Uh, blonde haired dude. Legit cowboy lives out in Canada. Like Rogan tried to get him on a show and he's like, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> he he's like a legit cowboy. And the minute you hear his voice, you're just like, holy shit, you're, you're blown away by it. So I've been getting on that, uh, getting into that uh, out here, which is that to me is what life's all about. You have an open mind. You got You got to listen. Listen carefully, Roger. Have an open mind. <laughs> You know, take give shit a shot. Give it a chance because you never know what you might uh, discover. Like, I just found this whole new genre that I love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. I like outlaw country. If if I'm I, uh, mainstream country today is that's that's just tough to wrap music. my mind around. But yeah. out, outlaw is really good. That's great. Yeah. Main yeah. country pop is mostly garbage. But yeah, you, you hit it right on the hit it right at the money. 
outlaw country is where it's at. Chip, who's yeah, the yeah. guy? Who did we do the episode on? The the guy whose son died? The guy who hit his drugs on the side of the road and couldn't find them? Shit. Who was that? Oh, who? Oh, my God. It's uh, not the one that murdered his wife. Not the one. No. Yeah, uh, Spade Cooley. That's Spade Cooley. Spade Cooley murdered his wife. Murdered. So, so did Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh Oh, that's well, I mean, how else are you going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> really? <can't>. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, dude. So that's what the monkeys have to do. All right. Mm-hmm. Mickey Dolan's just has to murder his wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. Chip, anything uh, Anything coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be at the Borgata in Atlantic City, actually, uh, the 14th through the 20th. And uh, yeah, just uh, at Chip Chantry on uh, socials. How about you, Ken? Um, I am. Uh, I'm at the Strand. Th- speaking of Jews. I will be at the Strand Theater in Lakewood uh, mm. on August 20th. With- shalom, shalom, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. 